God deserves every praise from every creature every day. This is the Everyday Christian Podcast. Welcome to Season 2 of the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm certainly thankful for you joining me for this podcast. It's been an interesting journey so far and a learning experience for me, and I hope it's been a learning experience for you as well. This is Episode 1 of Season 2. Today's episode is going to be Everyday Christians and School. First of all, I want to thank you for joining us for these podcasts. We've certainly been appreciative I have of the various uh, listeners we've had, we've had quite a few, and we're approaching our 300th uh, listen, our 300th download, and that should be very soon, probably with this episode. We've had, I think, about 26 or 27 uh, U.S. states, about six foreign countries, places where people have tuned in, so I've really been blown away by that. It's really amazing to look at uh, where this podcast is reaching, and I hope it continues to reach various places around this world. We have a couple of life updates I'd like to share with you. First of all, um, at the time that I'm recording this, about a week ago, we were welcoming our brand new baby girl. Uh, Her name is Mariah Joy, uh, Mariah Joy Green. This is our third child. We have Timothy Andrew, who's five. We have Amelia Faye, who is two. And then Mariah Joy was born on July 15th, which was a week ago uh, at the time I'm recording this. And I guess about three weeks ago by the time you'll be listening to this. But we just are certainly thrilled to death. She's the cutest little thing, and we're just so proud of her. And and, uh, Lindsay did great, as usual, and I'm just so happy to have this precious gift from God. The other update is that we are accepting a new work. In fact... Uh, By the time this episode comes out, it will be the week that I'm starting at the Marietta Church of Christ in Marietta, Oklahoma. The elders have uh, graciously uh, extended an opportunity there for us, and we decided to take it. So we'll be moving from the Beacon Congregation in West Monroe, Louisiana, which is actually where I grew up, and uh, I spent three years preaching for them and appreciate them so much. They've helped me so much with going to preaching school and uh, letting me come and preach for them for three years. Uh, But we decided to branch out and to try something new. And so we're very excited to go to Marietta in Love County, Oklahoma. And we've got quite a few listeners in Oklahoma. I think a lot of them are from Marietta. And just a shout out to y'all. We certainly appreciate y'all for listening. And we're looking forward to working with you there in Marietta. I want to let you know where we're headed for this year, or this season rather, season two of the Everyday Christian Podcast. As we said, today we're going to be discussing Everyday Christians in school. Next week, Lord willing, we'll have Everyday Christians and community involvement. That's something I'm hoping to really get involved with. I actually had a leader in the community reach out to me uh, through Facebook welcoming me to uh, Marietta, and he said, hey, you want to get involved in the community? Let me know. And so I'm looking forward to that. 
And then August 17th, again, these are Mondays when these episodes come out. August 17th, we're going to have Everyday Christians and Entertainment. That'll be an interesting study for sure. August 24th, we're going to have Everyday Christians and Hobbies. That'll be interesting. I might uh, harp on my hobbies a little bit. You can uh, get to know me a little better in that episode. August 31st, Everyday Christians and Sports. I don't know about you, but I'm a big sports fan and uh, excited that, um, at least at the time of recording this, it looks like basketball and and uh, baseball is going to get started back up after the the whole coronavirus had shut everything down. And then in September, we're going to start a series on how to overcome. September 7th, how to overcome temptations. September 14th, how to overcome obstacles. September 21st, how to overcome pride. And then September 28th, how to overcome indifference. I preached a gospel meeting in uh, North Carolina at one of my supporting congregations that supported me through Memphis School of Preaching. And I preached a gospel meeting on how to overcome evil with good. And those were some of the topics that I discussed. So I'm looking forward to diving back into those topics for the podcast. And then comes October. And October 5th, Lord willing, we're going to talk about everyday Christians in the voting booth. So that will be about a month before this election. And it ought to be an interesting time for sure with everything that's going on in this country. We're going to talk about godly principles in voting, uh, if you choose to vote. And then October 12th, we're going to talk about the everyday Christian male. October 19th, the everyday Christian female. So we're going to talk about various characteristics of Christian males and females. And then October 26th, we're going to talk about this interesting topic, everyday Christians and holidays. As the holiday season will be rapidly approaching at that point in the year, We can talk about how we can handle that, Um, lots of various interesting topics regarding the holidays. And just recently, I decided, you know what, I had some listener requests. I originally was planning on just doing the podcast August through October, but I think I'm going to extend it into November a little bit and cover some of the uh, listener-requested topics. So I've got a few picked out. Uh, The first Monday in November, I want to talk about dating. Uh, courtship, whatever you want to call it, finding a spouse, and the importance of hopefully finding a Christian spouse. And so we'll talk about that November 2nd. November 9th, Lord willing, we'll talk about parenting, uh, raising up children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And then November 15th, our our final listener-requested topic, we're going to talk about apologetics. uh, Christian evidences. We'll talk about that a little bit. I'm not an expert in that topic. But I have uh, studied quite a bit of that with Apologetics Press and Focus Press, two really good resources on Christian evidences in the Brotherhood. All right, so that's where we're headed. And now we'll get started with today's lesson, Everyday Christians and School. School. Yuck, right? By the way, this particular episode might be a little bit more um, guided towards young people as younger people are usually the ones in school, though not always. Uh, We had some older people uh, in class with us at the the Memphis School of Preaching, so it's not always, but usually most people who are in school are are younger. And so, younger listeners, perhaps you really enjoyed your extended break 
from school this year. Um, certainly not good circumstances for that with the whole COVID-19, but uh, you probably enjoyed your extra time off from school. Some of you, uh, if you were in public school or private school, are having to adjust to homeschooling, and that's probably been interesting. I want to, though, discuss some important things that you need to keep in mind while at school. And when I say school in this particular episode, I'm, I'm talking about the traditional sense of the word, a schoolhouse. Uh, somebody actually at school, whether it be a public school or a private school, uh, whether it be a college or maybe preaching school or, or what have you, as opposed to uh, maybe homeschooling. Now, uh, nothing against homeschoolers. I was actually homeschooled from 7th grade through 12th grade, and I really enjoyed it, and uh, I think it was uh, a really good thing. But this is talking about school where you actually go to the school building, and you have friends, you have teachers, and so on and so forth. We're going to study this topic from three standpoints. Number one, we're going to talk about academics. Then we're going to talk about peers, uh, the people around you. And then finally, number three, we're going to talk about life after school. All right, let's talk about, first and foremost, academics. Second Peter 1 in verse 3 tells us that God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Where has he given us that? Well, he's given us that according to his divine power. Uh, essentially, God has divinely inspired his work. Everything we need for life and godliness is found in his word. Well, we know what godliness is. That's righteousness. That's living like God, being holy as Christians. But what about life? Well, that's just general life, isn't it? So certainly God's word is given to us for general life as well, and that would include school. Life learning is a worthy pursuit, isn't it? Whether we're talking about educating ourselves and just how to, to live life, uh, how to succeed in a job, how to succeed in the home with um, perhaps home economics or what have you, how to succeed financially. These are all worthy topics that need to be discussed. And certainly God would help us or would want us rather to prepare for our working future, to prepare for our future uh, as husbands and wives and fathers and mothers and so on and so forth if we choose to get married and have children. But things pertaining to life, this life, really should not be our number one goal, right? Our number one goal should be to be with God in heaven one day. You know, Solomon found out that the hard way. In Ecclesiastes 12, verse 12, Solomon said this, of making many books, there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. Now, Solomon, in writing Ecclesiastes, was talking about all this vanity of vanities, he said, just various things that he was pursuing in life, and at the end of the day, it amounted to nothing, very little, if anything. And the idea is that he was pursuing things that really didn't matter at the end of his life. Why? Because at the end of the day, he was going to either go to heaven or hell. And I trust, of course, that Solomon went to heaven as really Ecclesiastes is a, a letter of repentance in the various sinful things that he was doing in his earlier life. So 
I believe that Solomon will be in heaven and and he comes to a very important conclusion at the end of Ecclesiastes. He says in verses 13 and 14, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man or the whole of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Certainly Solomon was uh, cognizant of the fact that he had done a lot of bad things and was repenting of those things and wanted to be right with God. Of making many books, there is no end and much study is weariness of the flesh. When we were in preaching school, we used to love that verse. Sometimes we would try to convince our teachers to uh, give us less work to do because because of that verse, and that usually didn't fly with them. Um, but academics can certainly be a a pursuit that is very tiring and, and difficult, and young people, I certainly sympathize with you uh, in that regard. Well, we want to talk about how to conduct ourselves in the classroom. Well, there's a few Subpoints I want to give for you here. The first is honesty. Romans twelve seventeen says, "Provide things honest in the sight of all men." Now, in context, that's probably talking about work, but certainly we can make application for school, can't we? So you need to be honest. You need to uh, work hard and, and study and, and learn uh, what you are supposed to be learning in school, and you don't need to cheat. You need to do your effort. Uh, Those answers on the test need to be your answers, not your neighbor's answers. So do things honestly. But also, you need to conduct yourself in being respectful. Teachers, you need to respect your teachers. You need to respect your principal. You need to respect other other students, uh, janitorial workers, cafeteria workers, what have you. You need to be respectful. That is a major problem today, isn't it? There are so many kids in the schools that are not respectful. Problem is they haven't been taught respect in the home and they're taking that out uh, on their teachers and their fellow students and the principals and and so on and so forth. And it's really just a terrible situation. Uh, Kids uh, talking back to teachers, cussing their teachers out, uh, refusing to to do what the teacher says, so on and so forth. It's, It's really a sad situation and my, my heart goes out to our teachers who are doing the best they can in situations where many of the children are, are not responding well in the classroom. But you, if you're a Christian, uh, you respond well in the classroom. You be respectful to your teachers and, and to others. And then finally, diligence. You need to put forth proper effort. You need to work hard. Uh, what would you say is better? A C student who truly is doing the absolute best that he can, or an A-minus student who really wasn't really trying that hard. They were just really smart, and it just comes easily, and they don't even have to study. Well, who do you think's better? I think it's better for the C student who's really trying to do their best. And I don't have the statistics for this, but I think there are a lot of C or maybe B students who did the absolute best they can. They just, they just weren't book smart. Um, but they were common sense smart and street smart, and they went out and were very successful in life. Sometimes there are uh, A minus students who really should have been A plus students if they would have put forth the effort, who are not as successful 
because they're not used to expending effort in the classroom and they get out and, and they have all sorts of problems. Even though they're really smart and just gifted people, they get out of the classroom and they don't do as well because they were used to not trying. So you need to try hard. You need to do the absolute best that you can. And any teacher, any parent who is worth their weight in gold is going to be pleased with you if you're truly doing your absolute best and you have the evidence for that. You're, you're doing your homework, you're studying, you're reading your reading assignments, uh, you're doing your extra assignments, book reports or, or projects or what have you, and you're really working hard and you're spending time doing those things. If a teacher sees that you're really trying, number one, they're going to be pleased with your effort. Number two, they're probably going to bump your grade up a little bit too. Uh, I think most good teachers would do that if they really see the effort. Now, if they don't see effort, they're not going to have any incentive to bump your grade up. And so don't expect that. So honesty, respectfulness, and diligence. Three important things that you need to keep in mind regarding conducting yourself in the classroom. So that's academics. Let's also talk about your peers, those people that you surround yourself with. Now, let me ask you this. Are people in school, everybody at your school, are they always good? Are they Christians? No, they're not, right? Probably most are not. So you've got to keep that in mind. You're going to spend time around some people that are not the best influences. In many ways, your peers can make you or break you in school, and they can make you or break you in your Christian life. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33 says, Evil companionships corrupt good morals. You need to choose your friends wisely. There's a saying that says, Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Well, that's true, isn't it? There are several verses that I want to consider regarding choosing our friends and not giving in to peer pressure. Uh, to, let's say, do drugs or alcohol or, or commit uh, sinful acts with boyfriend and girlfriend and that sort of thing, we need to understand that the people around us are going to influence us either for good or for bad. Exodus 23, verse 2, says, You shall not follow a crowd or a multitude, the King James says, to do evil, nor shall you testify in a dispute so as to turn aside after many to pervert justice. Chances are the crowd is going to be wrong. There are some situations where a crowd may be right, perhaps, but nine times out of ten, the majority is going to be wrong. You don't want to follow the crowd. The Bible says that broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be that go in there at, right? Talking about the path to hell. You don't want to follow that path. You don't want to follow the crowd. There are several verses in Proverbs that talk about our peers, talk about our friends. And Proverbs 27 verse 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. What is, what is Solomon saying there? Faithful are the wounds of a friend. He's saying that a friend even if he has something negative to say to you, it's faithful. He's telling you the truth. He's trying to help you. 
to overcome some sin in your life. Paul, at one point, talking to the Galatians, said, Am I therefore now your enemy because I tell you the truth? And the answer to that is no. He wasn't their enemy. He was their best friend in the world because he was teaching them to come out of some error that they were dealing with in that book. So faithful are the wounds of a friend. But the kisses, you know, we like kisses, right? And uh, those of you who are longing for uh, a husband or a wife one day, and you can't wait to, to kiss, right, on that wedding day. You want to kiss your husband or your wife. Well, kisses we usually think of as a good thing. But this says the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. They're flattering. They're not good. They may seem good, but they're not. You, you could make application for that for a boyfriend or girlfriend, right? A boyfriend or a girlfriend trying to get you to do things that you know are sinful. Those things are deceitful. They're just going to bring sorrow to your life and shame. So don't involve yourself in them. Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. We need to understand that our friends are going to rub off on us. And in this context, it's talking about a good rubbing off. Iron sharpens iron. Uh, a friend helps the countenance of his friend to be better. But the converse is also true, isn't it? A, an enemy, uh, uh, someone who is a friend, but really deep down they're actually not your friend because they're a bad influence, they will rub off on you too. Uh, and they will, will make you a, a worse person, a worse Christian, not faithful. There's one other verse in Proverbs that I want to discuss, and that's Proverbs 18, verse 24. A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Do you have friends? Chances are you do, but you may find yourself being uh, what we call a loner, and maybe you don't have very many friends, or maybe you don't have really any friends at all. Well, have you ever discussed, or, or rather, have you ever thought uh, why that is? A person who has friends must himself be friendly. Um, put yourself out there. If you want friends, but you don't have friends, put yourself out there. Go and be friendly. Introduce yourself to someone. I can tell you this. When I was a kid, and somewhat still is the case today, I was very shy. I did not talk to hardly anybody. Um, it, it was difficult for me. I just was not comfortable with that. And I've gotten a lot better, and certainly I can I can make friends now way easier than I used to. But I needed to take this verse to heart, didn't I? I needed myself to be friendly if I was expecting to have friends. Well, you need to put yourself um, out there and be friendly. And, and then you can have friends. But notice the second part of this verse in Proverbs 18.24. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, if you have a brother or, conversely, a sister, then you're probably really close to them, right? Generally, that's the case. But there are friends who are even closer than your siblings. And what kind of friend would that be? Well, that would be a Christian friend, right? Uh, first and foremost, the best friend you can have is a Christian friend. So you need to find Christians, whether that be in your congregation or uh, maybe another congregation nearby. You need to find true 
Christian friends, and those ought to be your best friends in the world. So that is our discussion on peers. And then finally, we want to discuss life after school. Believe it or not, one day it's all going to come to an end. I've been out of school for 11 years. I cannot believe that. It just, it amazes me I've been out of high school for that long. I've been out of college for seven years. And I've been married for seven years. I got married a week after I graduated from college. I wasn't wasting much time. But I've been married for seven years. It is amazing how fast life goes. Now, if you are in school, you might be in in, um, elementary school or middle school or high school listening to this, and you probably think that time is just dragging on. And am I ever going to graduate? Well, if you live long enough, Lord willing, you will graduate one day and you're going to look back and you're going to say, wow, how is it already gone? I'm kind of a a sappy fellow (laughs) and I like to uh, look up sappy songs sometimes. And there's this song that came out when I was a kid. I was probably about 10 years old, roughly, when this song came out. It's called Graduation. Uh, by TLC, I think is the name. And uh, it takes that old graduation walk song that's so popular that pretty much every graduation um, plays instrumentally. And it makes like a song out of that. And it talks about how people can't remember, can't believe how quickly school has gone and uh, their friends are parting ways and they won't be seeing them anymore. And they're going to go out into the real world and get jobs. And I listen to that song sometimes and I'm just like, wow. And it almost brings you to tears thinking about how you'd love to go back. If I had a time machine, I would love to go back to my childhood and just revisit some of that. See some of the people I went to school with uh, in elementary school before I was homeschooled. And, um, you know, just just catch up with them. And that would that would mean so much to me. But one day school is going to end. You need to be cognizant of that because it's going to end a lot sooner than you realize. Uh, You'll likely get married. You you might have kids. You'll probably get a job. And life, let me tell you, is going to speed up. It's not going to slow down. It's going to get much faster. Um, James 4 verse 14 says, Life is but a vapor. It appears for a little while, and then it vanishes away. It's like smoke or a cloud, a vapor. It just appears and you see it for a little bit and then it goes away. Are you preparing for eternity? Are you preparing for the end of your life? Well, not only that, but are you preparing for life after school? You know, if you live to be 75 years old, that's roughly uh, the average that most people live to. uh, Assuming that you don't go to a professional school like med school or dental school or veterinary school or or something like that. Let's just say that you graduate high school and then you go to four years of college. You will have spent roughly, what, 17 years of your life in school? If you subtract 17 from 75, you get 58 more years. What are you going to do with that 58 more years of your life? That's roughly 77% of your life after school. You still got a lot to go, right? 
And if you're in school listening to this, you might think, you know, this is my life. School is my life. Well, yeah, it is for now. But one day you're going to get out of school and then you're going to have a lot of your life left to live, Lord willing. There's all kinds of important things you need to consider. You need to consider, uh, am I going to get married? Who's that spouse going to be? What am I looking for in a spouse? Am I going to have kids? How am I going to raise those kids? If you have kids, chances are you're probably going to have grandkids, right? About retirement. There's all sorts of things that you need to consider for the rest of your life. What about spiritual things? Do you have a game plan? Young men, maybe you may grow up to be a preacher. Uh, Even if you are pursuing a secular job, you may still preach some on the side, and that would be a wonderful thing. Maybe you'll be an elder. Maybe you'll be a deacon. Uh, Hopefully, I'd like to see you be a Bible class teacher at least, right? You know, do something in the kingdom. Maybe you'll be a youth minister. Young ladies, maybe you'll teach a a Bible class one day. Maybe you'll be a, a preacher's wife or an elder's wife, a deacon's wife. Maybe you'll be a church secretary. There's all sorts of things that you can be doing in the kingdom, and you need to be thinking about those things as you're preparing for your life after school. Um, perhaps you want to volunteer in the community. There's all sorts of things that need to be done. Visitation, uh, visiting your shut-ins at church, uh, visiting um, the elderly members, visiting all the members. Everybody needs visiting. Everybody needs a friend. Uh, going to the nursing homes, and maybe um, helping in, in a little church service at the nursing home or uh, after school programs, helping kids. Uh, if you're a kid listening to this, wouldn't it be nice? And maybe you have this people who come in after school uh, mentor you. Well, maybe you can be a mentor one day. What about helping at a homeless shelter or a soup kitchen? There's all sorts of things that we can do to serve our communities, which is really what we should be doing as Christians. Didn't Jesus say he didn't come to serve? Uh, He didn't come to be served, rather, but to serve. Well, we need to serve people as well, rather than always looking to be served. Opportunities to lead other people to Christ. Maybe you're going to have grandchildren one day. You know, the Bible speaks of teaching the Lord's ways not only to your children, but to your children's children as well. And so look forward to the future where you may be married with children and how you're going to raise those children and grandchildren, how you're going to help with them to help them uh, be raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord to, to be Christians one day. There are so many factors that come into play that we need to consider for our life after school. If you are a young person in school, I, I feel for you. I know it's difficult. School's not fun, right? But it does get better um, in some ways. In some ways, it gets more difficult, believe me. Bills, and taxes, and life happening. Things are going to be interesting when you get out of school. Let me just say it that way. Some things good, some things not so good. But you will get out of school one day, Lord willing. When you do, what's your game plan? Are you going to be a faithful Christian? I am so sad to say that it seems probably at least two-thirds my, my best guess, probably at least two-thirds, about 66% of young people, by the time they leave school and they leave their parents' household, they end up leaving the church. And isn't that a shame? 
And shame on us as the church for not doing more to mentor and foster those children into deep relationships with the Lord so that when they do leave, when they leave school, when they leave the household, they remain as faithful members of the body of Christ. So please consider that as a young person, as a Christian. I hope that you have enjoyed our lesson on everyday Christians and school. Lord willing, next week we'll talk about everyday Christians and community involvement. And I look forward to that. That's going to be a very interesting study indeed. Thank you very much. And uh, I look forward to continuing this podcast. And I hope that you will continue with us as we continue season two of the Everyday Christian Podcast.